like I'm, I'm giving you something that got me first. And it's just my, sometimes it's just unpredictable, unplanned response to it. And so I'm really excited about this lesson. I don't know if it's going to make you say wow. It may make you say ow. But I'm feeling this one today. Numbers 14, verse number 20. It says, the Lord replied, I've forgiven them as you've asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me these ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on an oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. <laughs> has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him in. I will bring, I won't bring them, but I will bring him into the land and his descendants will inherit it. Y'all missed it. He says, I won't bring them but I will bring him. Sometimes you got to make a decision if you're going to be in the them or him category. I want to talk from this subject very quickly. Here it is. This is your declaration in this season. Here's the subject of today's lesson. King me. King, king me. Family, this particular passage here in Numbers 14 allows us to eavesdrop to me on one of the most interesting and intriguing, intriguing exchanges between God and a human that we see in all of Scripture. We've seen very interesting exchanges between God and humans in Scripture. We see God, who knows where a man is, asking him, where are you? That's an interesting exchange. Why, am I, why is God asking a question? He already knows the answer to. Right? That, that, that is, that, that's an that's interesting exchange. We, we see Jacob and God wrestling metaphorically, anthropomorphically, and Jacob saying, and, and, and God saying to Jacob, let me go. And Jacob saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God had the nerve to bless him. That, that, that's an interesting exchange. We have Jesus who is God in the flesh on the cross enduring Roman capital punishment in the form of an execution who feels abandoned. And he says these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the father said nothing. Because sometimes the exchanges are interesting because of what God does say. And in other cases, the exchanges are interesting because he doesn't say anything. Is there anybody honest enough to admit that there are seasons and circumstances where you just wish, God, say something. 
I mean, would you just give me some sort of explanation? Would you just give me some sort of direction? The scripture is filled with interesting exchanges. But this exchange, if you do not sanitize the scriptures, is one of the most interesting exchanges we see in all of the biblical narrative because you have God telling a man, I know I promised this. Come on. I know I made a promise. But these people will not possess what I promised. That's interesting. The the God who is the ultimate expression of consistency. The God that the writer of Hebrews calls immutable. It means he don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yeah, he never was, was. He already is what he will be. Before Abraham was, I am. He exists what Kenneth Alma calls an eternal isness. He's just God. He always in the present tense. Now faith is the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This God who doesn't change, who says, I'm not a man. So I don't lie. The the, the God who says, I'm not the son of a man. So I do not repent or I do not change my mind. This same God who said all of that in the text tells Moses, I know what I promised, but they not getting it. Yeah, they crossed the Red Sea. I drowned Pharaoh's army, but they not getting it. And when they got to the other side of the Red Sea, Moses' sister Miriam got her tambourine and the sisters led in an expression of appreciation for God's contribution and liberation in their life, but they still not getting it. He says, you sent spies over to inspect the land. You see it flows with milk and honey. You touch grapes. I'm not going to let you eat. I expose you to what you will not experience. It's, it's, this is an interesting exchange. I'm reading this saying, I don't know what to do with this. I, 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 I'm trying to make sense of this. I'm trying to make sense of God literally telling Moses there are promises these people will not possess. There are prophecies that will not be fulfilled in their life. And there is potential that will not be realized. That's, I don't know what to do with this. This is... This is interesting to me. This is a little confusing to me. This is actually a little scary to me. He said, yeah, it's not happening. He not only says that they won't see it, he gets so specific. It's like he got an attitude. It's like the eternal has an attitude. No, no, no. He said, watch this. He said, no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. (laughs) 
This is a little disorienting. This is a little deflating. This can be a bit discouraging until we get greater understanding. That, that some of, watch this, that some of God's proclaimed promises and some proclaimed prophecies are a proclamation of his preference. Did you hear what I just said? He's saying this is what I prefer to do. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm willing to move heaven and earth to make happen. But my promises have two categories. Some are conditional and some are unconditional. And so the conditional promises require your participation. And if you are not willing to participate in doing the things that need to be done to meet the conditions for this promise, you'll get out of Egypt because I'm going to do that just because I'm God. But you won't get into Canaan because that's dependent on you. Did you hear what I just said? He said, now, because I'm God, I'm a feature. But what happens after that is conditional. That's based on you. Because if I'm God, I'm going to preserve you. But how much you progress is conditional because that's dependent upon you. And this is why we can have the same God and not even get similar results because God lets you live on the level you settle for. And if you are okay just going to heaven, then that's all you'll get. But if you want the exceedingly and abundantly and above all God can ask or think, It is your participation that possesses the promises. He said, Moses, all that talk I was talking was about what I wanted to do. And he says, y'all just focus on certain parts of my communication. But you ignore the conditions. You ignored all my if-thens. You ignored my if-thens. Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal the land. This is, this is, this is, so interesting because these people had all this progress in the past plateaued because they were willing to be saved come here Christianish but unwilling to be led did you hear what I just said I said they were willing to be saved, but unwilling to be led. They were willing to let God save them from Egypt, but unwilling to let him lead them once they got out. And I want to tell you the test of your loyalty. Come on now. I said the test of your loyalty is not in seasons where you're in desperation when you're in. Test of your loyalty are in seasons of elevation when you out. 
He says, no, 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 no. He said, right. Everybody committed in a crisis. God, I'm here. For God, I live. For God, I die. But once you come out of crisis season, once you come out of Egypt, then that progress becomes a picture of whether or not you had conditional commitment. Or kingdom Christian commitment. This group that God is talking to Moses about did not understand the sentiments of Jan Henninger in his book, Follow Me, when he says salvation is not a destination. It's a door that leads to a new life under new management. And these people had their progress plateau. I mean, why would you go through all that they went through and not go to Canaan? When you cease the progress, you waste in pain. Did you hear what I said? I said, you waste in pain. Why would you go through all of that pain and not make that pain pay you? I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I need somebody to get an anointed attitude where they declare, you got to pay me. All this crying I did, you got to pay me. All of this heartache I endured, you got to pay me. All of this confusion I had to climb over, you got to pay me. I'm not going to hurt for nothing. Much as I heard, I got to get something out of this. Watch this. I'm not, I'm not. See, when you put a demand on your pain and make your, make your pain pay you, you stop waiting for stuff to make sense. You make it make sense. Did you hear what I just said? I said, you make a decision. I'm about to make this make sense. Yeah, I'm not waiting on something magically to happen to make this make sense. I'm about to make this make sense. They didn't realize that God desperately wants to do more than save. He wants to lead. And he doesn't want to lead because he needs to. He wants to lead because he knows we need him to. He wants to need because he knows that there's a demarcation that gives you human limitation. So because you limit it, there are some things he can see you can't. So he's saying, follow me because I can see in a way that you can't see. Come on. He, 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 he knows that his leadership puts you at an advantage. Divine leadership gives you speed. You get further faster. Come on now. The divine leaderships, watch this, get you to places in days. It would have taken you decades to get to on your own, y'all. Come on now. Because Israel is in the wilderness when God makes this declaration to Moses. Now they were in the wilderness 40 years. They didn't have to stay 40 years. They could have went through in 11 days. Uh, y'all, y'all, come on. Come on. 
but they turn a stage into a state. They took something that could have been temporary and they made it long term. Because he's like, you followed me when you was in Egypt. But now you're the expert when you're out. So you're the expert now. Now you know now. But when you were in Egypt and you were being oppressed and suppressed by Pharaoh when the adversary inhibited you from advancing the way you wanted to advance and evolving into who you knew you could evolve into. He said, you cried out to me and I called Moses. He said, so when you was in, I was an expert. But now that you're out, you are. These people tell us something. Are y'all ready for this? If you're ready for this, say yes. yes. Come on, put it in the chat. Say yes. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You will only progress to the level that you cease to allow leadership to have influence. <laughs> I am telling you, when you look at wherever you are stuck, <clears throat> Come on, because they were stuck in the wilderness. You look at any area of your life. Where are you stuck? There is an area where you have a cease, where you have ceased to allow leadership to influence. <laughs> Did, I'm going to say that one more time because I want to make sure you heard me in the kitchen. I want to make sure you heard me in the living room. I want to make sure you heard me in the car. I want to make sure you heard me in the bed. Listen to this. Look at wherever you're stuck. I don't care where it is. You're going to find an area where you ceased to allow leadership to have influence. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? And before we judge these people, we need to dive deeper and examine what is the cause of their caution. They, they, they got some caution. But, <laughs> they, they, they got some, but, but what's the cause of their caution? Why is it that they kind of side-eyeing a little bit in this season? See, watch this. Because very often to understand what's happening in the present, you've got to do some investigation about what happened in the past. 400 years of abusive, exploitive, manipulative, and oppressive leadership will make anybody cautious. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all want to play games. Did you hear what I just said? Over 400 years... They have seen a model of leadership. Are y'all here? They have seen a model of leadership that is oppressive, narcissistic, abusive, needy. And so now all of a sudden, that's supposed to be automatically addressed. 
because of this stuttering man named Moses. And Moses, I heard he raised you. Somebody missed it. I'm going to say it again. Rewind. Is you one of them or you one of us? Because I heard you grew up in Pharaoh's palace. So you might have a little bit of Pharaoh in you. So I'm moving a little cautiously with you, Moses, because I don't know. I wanted to get out of Egypt bad enough to follow you, but I'm still a little cautious because I'm looking to see if Pharaoh's going to show up in you. And the enemy is aware of the triggers these people possess. So the enemy then triggers Moses to confirm their suspicions. Y'all missed it. So he said, I want you to get so mad, Moses, that you strike the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And now the people can say, "Mm, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Uh I knew that was in here. And I'm just telling you right now. I'm just telling you right now, this is the place that many people who are living Christianists, this is where we are. There is some apprehension. There's some caution about Moses because of what happened with Pharaoh. Now, I want you to understand something. Are y'all ready? Can we be real now? Come on. I said, can we be real? Okay, here it is. Pharaoh is not a name. Pharaoh is a title. It's the equivalent of president. So this means it wasn't just one Pharaoh that they saw being abusive, exploitive, narcissistic, manipulative, emotionally immature, unhealthy. There was a pattern. All they had seen was that. And it's hard to believe that another thing exists if you ain't seen it. (laughs) And it can make you resistant to the one God sent to prove to you what's possible. Pastor, I'm stuck. I'm stuck financially. Pastor, I'm stuck emotionally. Pastor, I'm stuck relationally. Sometimes you can't get yourself out of a ditch by yourself. You need a tow truck to tow you out. But it's hard if both of y'all in a ditch. And that's, and that's what's been happening. This was a case with the majority. But God shifts the conversation with Moses. This is, it, the most powerful word in this whole narrative is the word but. God tells Moses, hey, man, these people, they, they just, it's just, it's like, it's contempt. He says, it's just, it's contempt with me. He said, everything I've done, I realize they're not convincible. Uh, I, I can't, they won't see it. They, they won't do what's necessary to see it. But, that Caleb. <laughs> he said, this Caleb, 
he has a different spirit. And I don't know who this is for, but I believe this is resonating with somebody that's watching this because this is what it says. It didn't just say he was different. Come on, let's not just deify different because different isn't always better. Yeah, yeah. But God qualifies the difference. He says, my servant, Caleb. I'm not even going to bother that. My servant. My servant, Caleb, has a different spirit. And watch, watch the qualification. And follows me wholeheartedly. He said he different because he follows. I'm going to say that one more time. He's different because he follows. He doesn't follow half-heartedly. He follows wholeheartedly. He's like, God, where are we going? God, where are we going? What are we doing? This is what's so amazing about God. He didn't allow the minority to be stuck because of the attitude and actions of the majority. Just because everybody don't go in doesn't mean you can't. I need somebody right now in this room and in that chat. I want you to put, I'm going in. I'm going, now watch this, Jersey. I just, you ain't say it. Say it like you mean it. In the back, say, I'm going in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know who going in and who not going in. But as for me and my house, I didn't come out of Egypt just to stay here. I'm going in. So Caleb got a, got, a, got a different spirit. This is so interesting. He has a different spirit. He follows God wholeheartedly. This is what I want y'all to see. Somebody write this down. Caleb gets Canaan. Caleb gets Canaan. I want Canaan. Become Caleb. Lord, I, ooh, I want exceedingly and abundantly all you can ask a thing. You don't know how to get there, so follow me. Become Caleb. <laughs> Did you hear what I just Lord, I want to be more than a conqueror. You don't know how to do that by yourself. You going to try to do that yourself? You tired? You know, okay. When you get tired of trying to find it yourself, come see me. Caleb gets Canaan. And I think if we honest, guys, we, we got to be honest. We all have had some Pharaoh seasons that contribute to our hesitancy in following like Caleb. It's those Pharaoh seasons that when God's like, forgive your enemies, you're like, mm. he's like, I'm trying to lead you to a whole heart. You say you want a whole heart. I'm trying to lead you there. What happened? This is just a question for your reflection. What happened in your Pharaoh season? That's plateauing your progress in the wilderness. What happened that's got you willing to only follow God's leadership so far?
because you've seen what he can do. He's brought you out of your Egypts. But what has happened that has caused you to question his leadership in this season? To question him when his track record is so consistent, it doesn't warrant questioning. I'm done. I got three minutes. I'm going to be on time today. Here it is. Here it is, guys. Here it is. Don't miss this. Caleb gets Canaan. I'm like, man, y'all know I'm a New Testament guy. I'm a kingdom guy. So whenever I'm looking in the Bible, Jesus said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. So whenever I'm looking in the Bible, I'm looking for Jesus. You got me? I learned from everybody else, but I follow him. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I learned from Paul, but Paul talked about some stuff he was going through. I'm like, okay, I need to be, I want to, I learned from Paul, right? Come on, let's be honest now. It's like, come on, I learned from David. I want to be a man after God's own heart, but he has some other stuff going on too. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Solomon, I want, he was wise. I want to learn from Solomon, but I, all this, I don't want that other part. So I learned from everybody. Where Jesus though? Because that's the one I'm following. And this is what I saw. The spirit of Caleb is what I call the spirit of the second man. What do you mean, Duck Darius? I'm done. Caleb gets to inherit the land, but Caleb does not inherit Moses' leadership role. Joshua did. So God doesn't even mention Joshua in this text. But Joshua is the one that actually succeeds Moses and leads Israel into the promised land. Jericho. Come on. Right? And so watch this. Caleb is the second man. He's not even in charge. Are y'all ready for this? He has to submit to a person that in one season was his peer. <laughs> Him and Joshua were both just playing their role. Then all of a sudden, God says, I'm shifting things now where a person that you were equal to now has to lead you. And he submits to a peer. He's the second man. He's not the first. I say, there it is. There's Jesus. <laughs> There's Jesus. There's Jesus. Are y'all ready for this? There's Jesus. Because he's the second man. He says, I only do what my father tell me. Did you hear what I just said? He said, only thing I'm doing is what my father said. He said, what I'm doing is to bring my father glory. 
in the garden of Gethsemane, he submitted his preferences to the plan of the Father. Don't sanitize the story. He was serious. If it's possible, if it's any other way, if it's any other way, I, I know, I know when we talked about this before the incarnation, I was with it. Now I'm second, I'm second guessing it. If it's possible, remove it. Nevertheless, not my will. My will hadn't changed. Y'all missed it. My will hadn't changed. I just know where to place it. And I'm going to place it under yours. I still don't want to do it. Y'all missed it. See, we act like in the garden something happened with his wants. His wants didn't change. What he wanted to happen didn't change. Not, not my will, but yours. I got a will. I'm just going to put it under yours. Because that's letting you lead. You're not leading until we disagree. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The, the second man. The second man is called a king. And I'm wondering, is there anybody Right in our New Jersey location, anybody on Change Global, anybody watching wherever you're watching, that's reading what the Holy Spirit is writing on your heart, that's ready to make this declaration, King me. <laughs> oh, we, I, I, I thought it meant, I thought it meant blow me up, you know, I thought, I, I, I thought it meant put me on. You know, no, 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 no. When you say king me, he's not saying put me on. He's saying get me under. Because maybe, maybe you don't understand what king me means as a Christian. But maybe you understand what it means in checkers. And when somebody says king me in checkers, they say take a piece and put that on top of me. And when you put this thing on top of me, I can move on the board in a ways I couldn't move on the board before I had something on top of me. If you are willing to get under, God will help you get over. Lord, King me. 
king me. I'm tired of being on top. Because me being on top is keeping me at the bottom. I'm tired of being on top. It's keeping me at the bottom. So I need you. get under what God wants you to get under you can get over what God has equipped you to get off I'm done but right now this is a Gethsemane moment for some of you right now in the privacy of your own heart need to put him on top. He was on top when you were in Egypt. But sometimes we throw him off once we get out. Lord, I want you to keep me. Father, I thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking to your people. I thank you for bringing breakthrough to our hearts. I thank you for an impartation, a divine transfusion transmit to us the heart posture of the second man. We don't want the wilderness. We call to Canaan. Be my king. sits on the throne of my heart. I cannot lead myself. I am not smart enough. I am not wise enough. I am too emotional. I am too unpredictable. I no longer trust me with my future. Trust you. So be my king. Because if you lead me, you promise to lead me to green pastures and to still waters. May it be so in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Clap your hands, everybody.